0: Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows. This is an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, anyone vested in the world of education. I'm Erin Barnes, and I'm the host of the show. And today's co-host, um, how do I give her a proper intro. Um, when they don't give me their own intro, they've got to live up to the intro that I give them. So my first mentor, my, uh, first, um, real, like, man, I love this woman friend at Epic. I mean, I've got friends at Epic, but when she came here, it was an automatic. I love this woman. And, uh, I can't wait to see what she's got going on. And, and you've Jody Shoop climbed the ranks here. You're now assistant superintendent. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being my co-host today, Jody Shoop.
1: Thank you for having me here, and I hope I can live up to that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this or not, but our first meeting, uh, we were at an admin retreat in Tonka or in um, Stroud at Tonka Ranch, and I think the first memory I have of you is jumping in the pool with all your clothes on and uh, just yelling, "Yeah!" As you went in,
0: and I thought, okay, this is gonna be, it's gonna be good. I'll <laughs> relate to this person. I didn't bring a swimsuit, and I wanted in that pool. Yeah, gotta, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Um, so I've already kind of said you're an assistant superintendent, but but there's more to that. There's more to your title. Um, what are you the assistant superintendent of, and what is your role here at Epic?
1: So, uh, my name is Jody Shoup, and I'm really honored to be here today, Erin. I feel underqualified to do this, so uh, bear with me. Uh, I am the Assistant Superintendent of Instruction and Innovation, and that includes at EPIC our AP and STEAM courses, Gifted and Talented, Z Space, which is a really exciting new thing we have this year, um, and then also our specialty courses, so our multi language courses, our world languages. Um, not multi languages, sorry, world languages. You yeah, have to cut that out, sorry. And then uh, Epic Live. And then another thing this year, um, our math department, which we're calling Math Plus, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, it's all housed under the department that I have the opportunity to lead. Uh, a lot of talented people, thank goodness. Um, we hire really good people at Epic, but I'm just, I'm really honored to be able to serve them in any capacity that they need. Yeah. As well as three MDIs, I'm sorry. As well as three MDIs who have five principals a peas and 16 to
0: 20 teachers. And those 16 to 20 teachers have anywhere between what, like 16 and 30, 35 kiddos. Yes. That's, yes. that's a, that's a pretty big job, miss Shoop. That's a pretty <laughs> big so. job. Um, but I was like super stoked to see you do this. Uh, when, when that, that change went into effect, I thought, Oh my gosh. Um, There was a time that, you know, I felt like, um, you, I don't know, you were asking me a lot of questions. You were new here at Epic and I was giving you stuff, but, but you surpassed me. And when you moved into this role, I thought, Oh my gosh, there's nobody better. I cannot believe they got Jody Shoup. Uh, anyway, I'm just, I'm so proud of you.
1: I think I'd, I'd have to kind of back up a little bit though. Uh, I think the cool thing about Epic and like the position that I have now, it's really about the work that we've all done together. Yes. Um, the teachers, uh, principals that I've had the opportunity to lead. I loved that job. I loved being a principal at Epic. I loved our team. I loved the impact that we had on kids. And then as an MDI getting to do that. So uh, when, when asked about this job, it kind of felt like, um, kind of felt like I owed it to, you know, the, the people that had worked so hard to do the things that we had done together uh, and it's, it's really exciting because a lot of the teachers that I served are now administrators on my team. and That's, you know, all the best ideas come from teachers. All the best uh, things that we do at Epic are born from our teachers and working with students. So
0: I'm really excited to be in this role. Uh, me too. Well, you, you suggested this topic. Um, and so I was like, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, you know, at Epic, We offer so much choice, so much flexibility. I've got a kiddo Mm -hmm. um, who, whenever I was teaching, didn't even start school until 10 p.m. You know, and that's Mm -hmm. an option here. Um, We have families who have, you know, three or four different curriculums they're using because it's what's best for the kiddo. Mm -hmm. How do you set the best goals for a kiddo when there's so much choice, so much flexibility? Um, how How do we... How do we at Epic do decide what's best for kiddos?
1: Yeah, I've I've thought a lot about that in preparation for this. And I think the first thing that we do is we build relationships. We talk to parents and we say, hey, you know, we need to partner with you uh, to do what's best for your kid. And that that may look different for two kids living in the same house. And we're okay with that at Epic. Um, We're okay that it may not look the same, but we have the same end goal. And that is teaching kids standards and preparing them for you know, life beyond high school—if that's college and career, if that's or if that's career, if that's college, you know what's best for a kid. The thing I like about Epic too, maybe what's best for a kid in this season changes next season, and we're okay changing for that. You know, we're okay saying, hey, this worked, uh, but now maybe um, it's not working as well as we want. Let's try this. Um, And I think having lower caps or lower roster sizes this year will allow our teachers to do that more. I think too, saying, uh, our kids are living in a hard time. COVID has changed how we teach kids, how we parent kids, um, and kind of saying what's best for our kid in this season. We have a lot of families that have come to us and said, we think you're best for our kid in this season. Uh, We hope to go back to our brick and mortar, but right now this is best. And I think it's really neat that we get to be, you know, part of that, um, you know, what's best for that kid in this season? Looking at uh, curriculum, I think it's really neat that we can kind of take into account what a kid, how a kid learns. We look at interest surveys and, you know, as your kid hands on, do they like more videos? We have basically a curriculum that could teach any way your kid can learn. And so I really I, I like that. But I think having the conversation of this is where my kid's at now with your teacher uh, kind of is the jumping point to figuring out what's best right now.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and you said it right. I mean, initially you said relationships. Mm-hmm. And that is one of those things like, hey, I mean, I I've been in the brick and mortar classroom and and I I did some okay things back then. Um, but I never really asked kids what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, we, we might've journaled it, you know, but it wasn't like an in-depth conversation where I started curating content around those interests, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I love that we've got that and, and we've got kiddos that they know, you know what? I want to be a doctor. All right. You Mm -hmm. want to be a doctor? Let's really math and science heavy your course load. Uh, I want to be an artist. All right, let's dive into those things. And and you can start, even at, at third, fourth, fifth grade, really Absolutely. designing lessons around Absolutely. the interests of those kids. And Absolutely. Hey, and I don't know if you've had a chance to
1: hear, because I think it may be pretty new, but we just heard, hired a uh, virtual intern position to help our kids do internships virtually for those kids that, you know, may not have transportation, but um, our high school kids. So I'm really excited about that. I think the more we can get kids um, ex- exposed to the real world, to things that they want to do, uh, you know, I think we're going to set them up for success because when you're studying something you love, then, you know, your heart's all in it. So I'm I'm really excited about the direction that we're going with that too. Kenneth t- talked to us yesterday you know, about that.
0: It's so funny that you just said that because I, not one of my students, uh, but a teacher that I know, she said her kiddo, Really wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got an internship where they were kind of cleaning out the the dog runs mm-hmm. and helping, and and she got to sit in her first surgery. They were um, spaying a dog, <laughs> and they, as soon as they scrubbed that dog's belly with the betadine soap, you know it mm-hmm. looks brown, it kind of flows. She nearly passed out and knew from yeah. then she was gonna, she was going to change it. So I mean, but what you know and. She didn't know until she really got in there. She just kind of wanted to do this, but now she's like, nope, I definitely know I don't. She thought it was blood and, yeah. and freaked out. But but you're right, exposing kids to uh, mm-hmm. the things that they're interested in up front. Gosh, we're setting kids up for success there.
1: Absolutely, and going out and finding, you know, marine biology isn't readily accessible here in Oklahoma, but, man, if we could internship with someone you know, maybe a friend of a friend in Florida. The Possibilities are endless. Oh, my word. Um, to show our kids, you know, they can be anything they want, and, and we can help them on the avenue to get there.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's what excites me. How do we get um, our kids to be more excited and more engaged in their learning? You know, learning sucks sometimes. Yeah. You know, you get into yeah. a drag. You get into a grind. Um, how do you change a kiddo's mind to get them to be more excited and more engaged in their learning?
1: You know what I think? I think it starts with kind of tapping into their interest And then I think being really upfront and honest with the kid when we're doing something, you know, like, man, this is hard, but we can figure this out together. Uh, and kind of walking alongside them and kind of letting them go by themselves and do that. And then, you know, when it gets tough, let them have a little bit of toughness. Let them see, man, I, this is tough, but then... Come back along and say, all right, let's see what you did. One thing I love too, when our teachers go over scores with kids, I love when we uh, take a kid and, you know, I don't love assessing kids, but when we assess kids, which we need to, and then looking at that with them and saying, man, you're really good at numbers and operations. Look at this. You you knocked that out of the park. And then, you know, the part that maybe they didn't do well on, let's say, um, you know, critical thinking, man, it looks like we have some work to do here and kind of showing them why we're doing that. Like, Hey, here's where, we want to get and here's where you are now and then kind of keeping them a part of that process I think you can even do that as first graders I think you can show them a uh, different goals. if it if it means something to them I think there's more buy-in than just being told what to do and, and I think keeping that conversation going of you know this is you want to be a fireman someday man firemen need to know this skill and here's how we're going to practice that today in second grade isn't that exciting and I think it's all about the approach because when people have to do something, they really dread it. When they get to do something, they kind of look forward to it. So I think, I think it's kind of changing. And I've seen our teachers, man, we have some really talented teachers that um, do that. You you spoke of mentors. One of my mentors at Epic would be Jen Lake. And I think she probably did the best job of relating to kids. Uh, I think she, you know, she loved the whole kids. She loved what they did outside of school, what they did inside of school. So Learning with Jen wasn't a chore for any kid, and I think I think having that mentality, um, you know, has kind of served me well. Thinking of it that way with my own kids, you know, like, hey, we get to do this together.
0: Yeah, Jen, like uh, I I may have told you this, but. I was just a teacher's assistant slash yes. paraprofessional. I remember that's how you guys started your yes. relationship. I sat in her classroom and watched her teach math to three different groups of kids, like low, medium, high, all at the same time. And it dawned on me, like, whoa, I get fractions. I, I mean, I was like 20-something, and I realized, whoa, I understand fifth grade fractions because of Jen, like I love her so much.
1: Yes. You know, we, my very first experience with Jen, uh, we went and did an ILP together. Uh, I wanted to kind of watch uh, and see, because here I was asking people to do ILPs and I didn't even know what that was. Mm -hmm. So we went together, um, and I saw how kind and compassionate and, uh, how she took her time to ask about the student we were working with and what would work and, What they needed, and uh, I mean, I think we were there like an hour and a half. And uh, she packed up her bag and got in her car and said, "On to the next one." But um, the way she took care of kids, the way she takes care of kids, and I've seen other teachers do it, you know. Now for nine years, Uh, I think that's how we get kids excited about learning. It's fun at testing when you see a kid and you're like, "Hey, who's your teacher?" Um, And they're excited to tell you about their teacher and what they've done together. My favorite story, this kid at uh, Rose state one year, I was asking him, you know, great for your test. Um, Who's your teacher? And he, he rattled off her name and he said, whoever hired her, that was a good hire. And (laughs) I had actually interviewed her. So I was like, I appreciate that. Um, But they had a great year together. And I think, I think seeing those relationships, I know all teachers um, build relationships and I, I, I'm thankful that we place a big emphasis on that at Epic.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so the conversation of what's best for kids
1: mm-hmm.
0: often brings up a very hot topic in education, and that's the um, the debate of schoolwork. And so, like, what's your stance on retakes and late work, and uh, well, you know, zeros?
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, I think uh, I, I think one one commodity, and Bart has always thought this uh, that. You know, we all have the same amount, but how we use it is different, and that's time. And so I know, you know, during the school year, we feel so much pressure to teach a certain amount of standards to get them ready for the next grade, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I think if all we're doing is teaching and not allowing learning to happen, if we teach it and they don't understand it, we have to reteach it. We have to reteach it and let them, um, you know, absorb those standards, and luckily – you know, we have teachers that understand kids can still get it on the first try. Um, they make mistakes. I think as far as retakes go, that's just a chance to reteach. You know, it didn't work out. We need to do that. I think there is a time where, you know, late work becomes an issue when we're trying to teach responsibility and deadlines and those sorts of things. But I think by and large, we want our kids to understand standards. And so um, if, you know the product they turn in for a grade shows that they don't learn it or they didn't learn it. We need to reteach it, and I think that philosophy um, is across the line of ethic. I think teaching standards and standards mastery um, isn't just kind of talk that we throw out there. I think we're really invested in doing that, um, and, and however that works, I think too when kids are kind of giving minimal effort and we have them redo work, they start to think, "Man, I just want to do this right the first time."
0: So, uh,
1: I think, you know, sometimes there's some of that love and logic consequence that just plays itself out when we do that. But, um, man, I think we got to give kids a second chance retakes. I I, am thankful that I work at a place that gives me second chances. Um, my daughter forgot her backpack last year. She forgot it one time. So I went ahead and took it out there that day because it was just a mistake. Um, it wasn't a habitual thing. You know, I think, think giving kids grace and saying, man, you get to do this again, get to try this again. I think that's important uh, because we all make mistakes, or we all don't get it on the first try.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> very true. And and you know we've got um, we've got teachers, and we've got principals, and those principals have MDIs, and so we've got such a beautiful layering of you know, kind of Mm built-in mentorship. Uh, And then we've got the leadership program. Our teachers, I think, have probably the most um, resources I've ever seen Mm -hmm. at any school for growth, for support, for challenge. uh, And and they bring that to their students. And so Mm -hmm. those students are fully supported, fully challenged, um, and, and they have resources at their fingertips, too, it's, I mean, I'm not trying to make this like a, mm-hmm. Epic is the best and you should come to Epi- This isn't a sponsorship uh, episode, mm-hmm. but but what's best for kids when we talk about that? Um, it, it's putting everything that they need in their hands, and sometimes you just can't do that when you've got 30 kids looking at you at the exact same time, which is one of yeah. the reasons I like this model as well.
1: Absolutely. I, I think one, one thing that I'm really humbled about with Epic uh, – we want to be the best for kids, but we also recognize that we're not always the best choice for kids. And so um, I've, I've heard a lot of our professional educators say, man, I'd love to keep this kid forever. But, you know, it's better if, um, you know, their families decided to go back and brick and mortar. And I've seen them support that so seamlessly. Like, it really is all about just doing what's best for kids. And I think everyone here just wants what's best for kids in Oklahoma.
0: Right. Nobody wants to lose a family, or or um, say, you know what? I I don't have what's best for you. Sometimes, what is best is that five day a week environment where mm-hmm. um, where the thumb is on them. You know, some kids thrive in that circumstance um conversely our our
1: model is so much about parent involvement yes some
0: parents just can't be as involved and so
1: it has nothing to do with the kid or um but man it's hard as a parent when you have to say i can't give this what i what it needs um and you really want that i've seen parents in that predicament too you know they really want to be with epic but um they can't give it the partnership that it takes and i think i think that's really um you know I think all parents want to do what's best for their kids. And so oh gosh, yeah. It's hard when we can't uh, do something that we think is best. But um, when kids are here, I know that they're well taken care of, and, and we're going to love them and and do everything we can to help
0: them learn. Um, one of the things I really like about you is when you when you start telling stories about you know I don't know I I just remember like we were sitting at that new teacher PLC and you were like who on earth decided to let me talk I you know. I, <laughs> Um, you bring this charm to conversations. Oh man, I
1: don't know about that, Eric. No,
0: I'm serious. Like, I, I don't even remember, but you were something like, and then the dog peed on the floor and, and you, like, you just bring a level of humanity into, um, a conversation that makes, uh, that makes things right. Um,
1: I think what you sense is a, an awareness, Erin, that, um, man, I'm only as good as the people that surround me, like, really has very little to do with me and everything to do with the people that I have the opportunity to serve. And I, think, um, I think I know my own limitations, so I'm always surprised anybody would ask me to be on a podcast.
0: Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me about... Um... One of the things we've got going on this year is the Epic Essentials. And it's not new, um, mm-hmm. but we are kind of reframing it uh, a little bit. When we talk about what's yeah. best for kids, uh, a lot of people think that that's just piling on more work. And I was I was one of those people uh, for a mm-hmm. long time. I was like, man, this is just more work. My my kiddos are barely getting through their work. Um, but, but we made a, a switch in our mindset last year about this mm-hmm. just because – my kiddos um, do struggle with some concepts. We are we, we try to create a culture free from blame and shame, and and I think that's one of the things that the Epic Essentials is actually helping. Um, why why do we think the Epic Essentials are what's best for kids? Yeah,
1: I think I think we. We feel like Epic Essentials will work if we work with Epic Essentials. Uh, We know that kids are coming to us with gaps. We know that we have students that we've served that have gaps from pandemic learning from, um, you know, what kids are kind of living through right now, right alongside adults. Um, And we've found that kids that use Epic Essentials with Fidelity Um, they do fill in those learning gaps. And so we're making a concerted effort. And across the board, we're saying we're not just asking parents to do one more thing. We're going to do one more thing with you. So if we need to log on and finish Epic Essentials, if we need to have study halls with Epic Essentials, we will do whatever it takes to get those kids in the programs. I can tell you personally, um, from my own experience, I paid out of pocket for MindPlay for my own daughter, um, her first semester of fifth grade. And we committed as a family to do MindPlay. Uh, and I'll be honest, it was not always fun. Um, it was repetitious. Some days she didn't want to do it, but we said we're going to do this uh, with fidelity and see where we're at at um, Christmas break. And we saw huge learning gains. She was back on track. She was ahead of where she should be. Great equivalency. Um, the program it, it does work, um, and it's a lot like working out. Sometimes we don't want to work out, but when we work out, we see you know the end result if we keep doing a little bit every day. And so we know that if we change small habits in learning, if we do a little bit every day, we know we can go there with Epic Essentials. And really, like you said, it's not about piling on more work. It's about filling in some gaps that we know our students have. All students have gaps. So, um, but one thing that we as a team have shifted our mindset, we want to be more involved in that. So we're going to ask, you know, a family, hey, when do you plan to do Epic Essentials? And if they say nine o'clock every morning or, you know, 11 o'clock at night, then we're going to check that day or the following day if it's at 11. And then we're going to text that kid or the family and say, Hey, great job doing Epic Essentials. Or, um, hey, we missed Epic Essentials. Can we double up today? Just kind of having more of an involvement than just telling a family, go do Epic Essentials. We want to partner more this year with families.
0: Well, and I don't know if you've seen the, I mean, it's a pretty amazing list. Um, they've given very specific things. Uh, it used to be that you'd go in and, mm-hmm. and and I know if uh, dream box it felt like um Jolene could just go and select whatever she wanted to select yeah. and work on whatever she wanted to work on and sometimes it wasn't necessarily what she needed to work on it was what she was most comfortable, comfortable working for. On. Easy for them. So yes
1: they're gonna pick the easy thing every time
0: and I, you can't blame them no but but they've added power standards this year mm-hmm. and I think that's huge those and um Those power standards, and you said something a minute ago that was like, you know, um, it might not be what you want to do, but we we have to do it. I think one of the things Oklahoma has done really well is shown um, which standards follow up the grade levels. Mm -hmm. And there are some things you'll learn in, in third grade that you'll learn in fourth grade, and you'll learn in fifth grade, and you'll learn in sixth grade as well. And if you don't have that third grade foundational part, gosh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade are just going to be struggle bus in that mm-hmm. standard area. And then you're, you're adding substandards that make it a little more difficult. One of the things they've done this year is said, you know what? We know these power standards are tough. We're going to give you extra practice in these power standards. And so they're very specifically targeting the the things that are, um, that are building blocks for mm-hmm. every grade level, like across grade levels. And I think that that's so powerful. Um, Absolutely. You know, my, my kiddo can get in and work the times five multiplication tables as much as she mm-hmm. wants if she's self-selecting, but, but mm-hmm. she'll always gravitate away from, you know, yeah. the, those more difficult concepts. And here we're going to say, hey... We we see that this is one you've actually not tried to touch for a really long time. Let's get in here and do that. And I, I just think absolutely. that was awesome.
1: Hey, you know, if I take Reed and Riley to the doctor and and they say, hey, your kid has, um, you know, they got, let's say strep, and we're going to give them this antibiotic and this steroid and pick these two things up at the pharmacy, I'm going to understand that and say, okay, absolutely, I'm going to give them those medicines. If I just go and they're like, hey. Uh, we don't really know what's going on, but here's some medicine. I'm probably not going to take that medicine. <laughs> so I think as teachers, we have to do a better job of saying, hey, here are where the learning holes are, and here's how we're going to address that with Epic Essentials. Here's what we want your kid doing in Epic Essentials um, to, to kind of make that more relevant for the family. Oh, yeah, there is a here, here's the problem. Here's the symptom. Here's the medicine for that. And I think in the past, maybe we haven't done as good of a job as we can Um, of kind of presenting it that way. But really, that's all we want to do. We want to uh, give medicine to a learning gap and get that thing fixed so that when the kid, you know, is in seventh, eighth grade, fourth, fifth, whatever grade follows, that, that learning isn't difficult because of something we haven't taught them.
0: I love the illustration you just used there because, I mean, you just put it, in there again, Jody shoot telling stories that make an impact.
1: Hope sense. I don't even really. Know.
0: <laughs> no, but seriously, if my kid has broken her arm, I'm gonna get yeah. her arm fixed. Uh, if, yeah. if my kid doesn't understand how to add and subtract fractions i'm going to mm-hmm. give her more help in that area because adding and subtracting fractions i use as an adult when i'm trying to figure out percents at the grocery store and, and at the mall you know So yeah hey and you know what
1: i was thinking about we we are really committed this year to formatives in between major benchmarks yeah. and i think that's going to be huge too i'm excited to use those formatives to really drive instruction to really individualize what we're doing with our students. And I think that's going to kind of even more connect dots for parents, students. Um, I, I think everything that we're doing is really exciting. Uh, and I do want to say this, I hope this doesn't get cut out on, on the editing floor, but we have really amazing teachers at Epic. Oh, cut have that really out. Amazing principals and MDIs and um, leadership that, um, you know, just vested in kids doing well and kids learning. And um, that's exciting to be a part of.
0: Yeah. Um, What kind of things can we expect this year?
1: As I sent my own two children off to school this morning, uh, I think, I think it's kind of unknown still a little bit what this year looks like for us. Um, We are hoping and praying that we get to be face to face with the majority of our families. We miss seeing our kids. We miss hugging their necks. So uh, I know my teachers are excited to be face to face if possible and safe uh, for our families. Um, I think, from our team, and I think I could speak for the other assistant superintendents on this call, we want to get back to the basics. We want to keep things simple and teach kids. We want to be in front of kids teaching kids standards. Um, and along with that, you know, comes loving them and being involved in their baseball and extracurriculars and learning about their families and all the kind of fun things that you get to do when you have one-on-one time with the kids. So um, I hope that we get to see a more normal effect. Even a, a way to say it here, but if not, you'll see us busting our tails to teach kids um, any way we can. If that's virtually, uh, you'll see us step up our virtual game. You'll see us um, work it really hard to make those connections virtually, which is not impossible, um, but we sure love face to face time with kids.
0: Yeah, uh, I wrote a note out here to the side and I'm not really understanding it, but it's like when things I mean, I, I, I know what I'm, I, yeah. I don't know how to put it back in, but when things are upside down, it can be very dangerous to continue as as usual. Um, I feel like for the last year and a half, (laughs) everything had been upside down and we, we were trying to continue on as usual. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the work that you guys have done over the summer has, um, has really put put the world back on the right side as far as what the the focus is. Um, mm-hmm. I think we are not continuing on as usual, like you just said. We're yeah. going to get back to what we know we're supposed to do. There was, gosh, there was a time when all we were doing was fighting legal battles, fighting this mm-hmm. battle in the news, fighting that battle, and it's so hard to educate kids. And also deal with the hype at the same time. We've, we've taken all the steps that, um, that the state has asked us to take. And, and now it's time to get back to teaching. And I am so excited to do that.
1: I, I am too, Erin. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so excited about where we're heading and what we're doing. Um, and I think you're right. I think if we kept going uh, upside down, you know, we were just going to crash. Uh, but I don't feel like we're upside down mm-hmm. anymore. I feel like the world is upside down kind of, and that's uh, unsettling. But I see teachers uh, making plans and preparing for, for a year where no matter what, kids learn. And that is exciting to me. I think everybody feels the enormous responsibility we have with the students that we're entrusted with. Um, but they don't really get an asterisk out beside their second grade year. You know, there's no kind of thing that says, oh, but that was during the pandemic. They just have to learn what they need to learn as a second grader. And um, I sense from our MDIs, our principals, our teachers, I mean, everybody knows we got to do what's right by these kids. And I think being a part of that to me is humbling and exciting and a lot of responsibility that I'm willing to take on.
0: What kind of mind shifts have to be made? I mean, we've got a new parent portal. We've put a different focus on these Epic Essentials. Um, we really were we're trying to place a huge emphasis on learning. We've reduced the number of choices to um, to create less confusion. We've gotten rid of options that just didn't cover standards. I mean they were they're fun curriculums and and they taught in, in a in a cool way. Um but they you could get 100% through a curriculum and still need to cover 60% of the standards. We've we've gotten rid of those options that um, that were just kind of not cutting it. Agreed. We've Agreed. changed several things. What what would you say to parents right now? What what kind of mindset should you ask parents to have this year?
1: Um, I, I think I think you're totally right. I want to hit on one thing that you just said. Uh you You could go out to eat and have two choices. You could go to Golden Corral or a buffet or something like that that has every choice under the sun. Not great food, um, you know, because there's so many options, it's not the best. Or you could go to a really great place and have a smaller portion of the best steak you've ever had or the best entree you've ever had um, because that's their specialty. I think what we've done, we've taken away a lot of the choices that were just kind of marginal, you know, just because we had a lot of choices didn't mean there were a lot of great choices. And so, I think I would ask parents to um, trust that we've spent a lot of time kind of weeding out what didn't work or what offered very little, if you will, nutritional value. And we found things that are, are you know, we are putting our our best forward for you. And I think I would say um, we acknowledge that it's a little messy right now, changing over uh, CIS programs, student information systems. I will say, Erin, I know you know the tech team, but. Um, the amount of work that they've done to get us to day one is incredible. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they're sleeping right now, Um, (laughs) but we're going to be there. We're going to be there on day one. And, you know, on our side, we're going to be ready to teach kids because they're ready in the system to learn. And so just kind of acknowledging that some things are kind of messy. Learning fund is a little bit different. Let me plug my computer, learning funds a little bit different, uh, But, man, it's going to be better. And so I think the growing pains that we might feel this year, that we will feel this year, um, are very, very uh, temporary to um, how good things are going to be when we get them in place. Um, But I think for parents, I I would hope that you have high expectations of your teacher. I hope that you'll build a relationship with your teacher. Um, You know, I hope that daily communication is a part of this. If that's a text message, if that's a thumbs up because it was a good day learning at home together um I hope that they'll hold us accountable to teaching their kids because that's really what we want to do
0: same question for teachers how do you how do you tell a teacher we've got so many things coming so many changes mm-hmm. on the horizon what kind of mindset do you want your teachers to have this year
1: i I just want them to um, one keep doing what they've been doing and know that on the back end we're working really hard to make their lives um easier in grading. I'm excited that our grades will be pulled straight to the CIS when we get this going uh, from different curriculums. I think acknowledging that there'll be hard days. Our teachers are so good at not camping out in a pity, you know, in a place of pity. They know they have had hard days. They're resilient. They're gritty. Um, And then I think, I think the way we compensate our teachers shows how much we value the work that they do. Um, it's a hard job, and they um, are compensated well for it, but it's a lot of work. Um, and just acknowledging uh, that this year may be messy. I've heard so many teachers, though, say you know, that it, it's not been the same with ILPs and that thing, but they're excited about where we're going to. And I think, I think they're so compassionate and gracious to know that this is temporary. This season of chaos is very temporary. And on the other side of it, we're going to be better than ever.
0: Okay, last last genre, I mean, last classification of people. What do you want our leaders to do? What kind of mindset should they have this year when they're leading our teachers and students and families?
1: Man, I think the thing that comes to mind, Erin, would be empowerment. I want our leaders to empower our teachers, our families, our students. I want students to know they can advocate for themselves. I think with your students, Erin, when you taught, you would have students that asked you for things. And that you listened to them and said, heck yeah, we can do that. Um, I think that we become stronger by empowering our our teachers to advocate for families, families to advocate for students, and students to advocate for themselves. So I hope as as an organization, our leadership continues to empower uh, the people that we hire. We've hired really good people um, and to let them do what they're really good at. like you in this role, Aaron, you were born for this kind of stuff. Um, and the communications and, and the internet has been huge. Uh, I've been really excited how that's taken off. Have you?
0: Oh my gosh, I'm 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 loving it, and it's yeah. you know I think it's busy right now. <laughs> As the sand is shifting under us and 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 trying to firm up, I mean, I, I guess it's not sand. It really is concrete, but the concrete is starting to dry, um, you know. And so when it was wet and um, and not really just sturdy yet, it, it's it's a busy little place to be. Lots of. Mm-hmm stuff changing and, and information needs to get out there. But I also think, um, because it's almost as addictive as Facebook, I hope that that's mm-hmm. n- you know, not a bad thing. Uh, but I feel like we'll know more. We'll know yeah. all the things this time instead of having to guess at, or, or, um, I don't know. It just seems like everybody's getting it now and, and it feels really you. awesome. It feels hey, really awesome. So on
1: the math plus uh, channel, I think it was on our main page when we announced, you know, the math plus seats and uh, man, I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of that entire project this year, but um, people were kind of commenting on the weekend, you know, and uh, the teachers were asking things. And then Erica Nielsen, who is uh, our director of the math department, she was answering. And I kind of noticed this as I was outside with my own kids at the pool, um, just kind of flipping through there. And so I sent her a text and I was like, Hey, I want you to know that you don't have to man that thing all weekend. Like, Um, And, you know, I want you to take a break and pour back into yourself and all those things. And she's like, man, I'm so excited to answer these questions. I don't feel like I have to. This is the work I want to be doing. And I love this format. So I was just really excited that it wasn't an email back and forth. It wasn't her opening her email to, like, you know, 40 questions. Um, And then I also, like, I bet some of the things that people are asking and she's answering are saving her tons of time. because Other people have that question. So, um, and I'm, I'm excited about uh, so many things like that. And I think empowering people to do um, what they're strong at and what they're passionate about um, is going to make a huge difference.
0: Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being awesome. You are oh, born you. for I this, hope too. I there's
1: something that you can use. I don't,
0: there's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> I don't see anything I'm planning to cut at this point. So
1: it all if you need to and just tell me. Hey, thanks. I did record. I'll understand. <laughs>
0: Well, tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.